0: Something that a lot of people are buzzing about, reducing carbon emissions. It's good for everyone. But how do we reduce emissions while also meeting our world's increasing energy needs? Using propane is an excellent way to reduce emissions while meeting energy needs today. Propane is a clean, non-toxic energy source that helps reduce carbon emissions right now. In fact, propane's carbon intensity score in Minnesota is only 80. Grid electricity in Minnesota, including wind and solar, has a much higher carbon intensity score of 136. Who knew that using propane was that much cleaner than electricity? Plus, the abundance of propane and growth of renewable propane means it can be used for generations to come. Millions of Americans rely on propane to heat their homes and businesses, fuel vehicles on road and off, and much more making propane the right energy right now find out more about what propane can do for you and the environment by going to propane.com hey
1: everybody welcome back to preps today with john malay i am john malay and the familiar voice you're not hearing this week is jim suhan he's taking a little break While he gets his turn in the COVID barrel, which, as we've talked about on here, I've had, uh, I'm sure he's doing well. we wish him the best. He'll be back. Uh, I do have a special guest today, someone I've known for a long time, someone who represents the many great people who work as dedicated high school officials in Minnesota. His name is Tim Litvin. Tim, how are you doing on this fine summer day?
2: Hey, John. Good afternoon to you. And I'm doing well, very well. Because I look out the window of my office here, and it just doesn't get any better than this. It's like, okay, baseball season is in the rearview mirror. Let's play football. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready like, to go. Uh, it looks like that kind of a day to me. So, no, That's doing it. Well. we're Thank just you, a few John.
1: weeks away from fall practice starting, and I know you'll be out there. I'll be out there. But let's go back to the beginning of your officiating career. When, when, and how did this start for you? Just Tell us that, you know, paint that scenario for us, how you first became interested and how long ago that was.
2: Yeah, well, that was a while ago, uh, John. uh, But it came really in, I guess, two different reasons, two different examples. One would be uh, getting called out on a Third strike that was definitely way outside. You know that like I do, John. When I was a eighth grader playing summer baseball, and so I thought I can do better than that. And so that was uh, one of the reasons that uh, I thought I can start doing this, which I did start then the following summer. And then uh, as a night that same year at ninth grade uh, basketball, which I was playing, but this happened to be following my older brother around, who was uh, playing on a men's league team, uh, and so I followed them around, watched them on Sunday nights when they'd play and the way that league did it was each team provided a referee and so they looked at me as uh, you know fresh bait and they said hey why don't you go out there and be our referee and uh, of course a little ninth grade kid refereeing men's league and I thought okay this will be interesting but I did it and you know what I thought this isn't so bad I'm going to keep on going with this and so those are my two starts and uh, everybody's got their own unique story but uh, kind of fun to get going.
1: And I'm sure, like every official in every sport, you grew up involved in sports and, and loved it, I'm, I'm sure. Where, where did you grow up, Tim?
2: Delano is my hometown and uh, played all kinds of things there, participated in everything they had, and uh, great memories as a kid. Nothing better than that.
1: Yeah, you bet. And I know you work, you're a three-sport official, Correct.
2: Yeah. And I've been doing now baseball for 40 years, uh, basketball for probably 39. I think I waited a year there until they beat me down and said, you got to do this too, um, which is no problem at all. And then football since uh, 19, yeah, well, let's say about 35 years of football. Uh, but they're all great. Just love every one of them. And it's a you know, the team, the camaraderie, it's it's all of that, plus so much more than I ever envisioned it would be, which keeps me coming back for more.
1: Yeah, I, I, every official I, I've ever talked to talks about the the friendships you make with your fellow officials, but with administrators and coaches, and, and I've seen how you interact with all those people, and it's it's a pretty cool deal, isn't it?
2: It's just fun because it's not just that you know, you're know you doing the game. Yeah, and that's a great thing to be able to say you can do because um, it continues you on the field, on the court, well past your playing days, which is a great recruiting tool that you and I use for all future officials. But look at the greats you get to be next to. I mean, these coaches, the athletic directors, the assistants that work with the athletic directors, uh, the Photographers, you know, I just think of a guy like John Sherman. What a great guy! I see him at so many games, and always says hi. Big smile on his face. You know, these great uh, assistants that help with the athletic directors. You talk to them all the time. A Rhonda from Maple Grove, a Barb in Wayzata, Barb in Buffalo. Those three quickly come to mind. Scoreboard people, you know, trainers, Um, all those friendships. They're they're really there, um, which. It just boggles your mind because when you recruit a young man or a young woman to officiate, you know, oh, well, it's the game. Yeah, it's it's the game. But beyond that, life is so big and it's all about relationships. So just carry that with you. That's what I tell them. And uh, it's true.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, as a three-sport official, what's your schedule like? And, and football, I know you're going to work at least one game every week, maybe more. And I know you mentor young officials. What's well, just take us through kind of the fall, winter, and spring? Oh, even into the summer when you're doing you know other other baseball levels. What's what's your life like schedule wise?
2: Well, it's, first of all, uh, find a understanding uh, husband or wife or partner, which I have found. And uh, so, in 40 years of doing this, um, I'm gone a lot. And I, my job keeps me gone as the executive director of community education in Minnetonka. So, there, there's a night or two a week when you have meetings and that's all fine and good. Well, then I sprinkle in Officiating uh, above and beyond that. And so you, you right away with, with football, it's it's going to be one to two a week. And then basketball, I, I used to be much crazier than I am now. I, I would do four, five, six sometimes, but nights a week, I, I just don't do that anymore. Two nights a week is fine. My legs aren't as young as they used to be. Um, but then baseball in the spring, it's, it's get past April. I don't know why we have April. Could we go with 11 months, John? <laughs> Could because, we please? Yeah. And then... <laughs> The okay put an X over that month and life would be good. But uh, then once May rolls around, you know, you're out there doing your thing again and having fun. And and then then work is great because I've got all kinds of activities and events that keeps me with people. And again, it's it's just that. Build good programs for good people, for your community, whether it's activities in high school leagues or what you do for me anyway in a community education environment. And the good things will happen. Um, that's kind of the mantra. And just be, be Good with people, and uh, summer. I don't do a lot of fishing. I think I've done seven uh, amateur and legion games this this summer, but I just don't have time in my. I've got these big events that I'm in charge of here, and uh, those take a lot of my time in the summer. Um, but that's okay. Uh, I I don't look back and say, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that, or why did I decide to, you know, referee? No, I've never done that. That's uh, always been the opposite.
1: Yeah, no kidding that's I've never heard any, any longtime officials say boy this wasn't the this wasn't the smartest thing because everybody loves it once they get into it and and I know nobody does this for free some officials would do it for free bless their hearts but um and I know the amounts officials are paid that can vary in different parts of the state can you just give us kind of a rough idea how much how much officials are paid
2: well it's Definitely more than $8 a game, which I think was my first summer baseball game way back when riding like on a bicycle from download to, to Lorado to umpire <laughs> baseball game uh, with my shin guards strapped to my back somehow. Uh, but that was all fun and memorable as well. And right now, you know, I've told Kevin Merkel way before and Jason now uh, state tournament wise don't pay us. It's just the honor. Um, but of course they believe they have to, and they, <laughs> most people probably wouldn't do it for free like I would, but, uh, it's the honor. It's the privilege, but during a regular season game, you know, football referees, I think we're making about $90 a game. There's five of us out there, as you know, uh, basketball and baseball right now in the Metro, I think will be 83, 84, 85, something like that coming up this, this season. So, you know, I, Again, the money is not anything. It pays for your gas, and that's all good. Um, And it pays for your uniforms, and and it puts a smile on your face. So, anybody that says they're doing this for the money, I, you know, we need them too. Yes, but uh, in my opinion, uh, it's a bigger view on life than that. Uh, We're in a service industry. That's what we're in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You talk about officiating big games and state tournaments. I know you've done some of those. Tell us about, you know, the. State championships, state tournaments, how many of those have you done?
2: Oh, I've been fortunate, John. Uh, thank you. I've, I, don't, I don't know. I'd have to count them up probably in, uh, <laughs> in uh, the 30s probably. I've done maybe 17, 18, somewhere in that, baseball, state tournaments, and probably 10, 11, 12 basketball, and then you know, 10, 11, 12 football, somewhere in there. And, and they're all fun and they're great. And, of course, that's what I, most people just say, oh, did you get to well you know if you if you race from the start to the end you you miss the middle and you forget all those good things that happen along the way and so state tournament definitely a goal but it's it's not the only goal and nor should it be for all of us but uh but fun memories on every one of them and like you know you just think back to some of the crazy stuff. First baseball, first varsity baseball game I did was in St. Francis and it was snowing it was uh, 35 degrees. Uh, And so I remember that one and looking at the coaches just thinking, why are we out here? Except for Burnsy, uh, Dave Burns at that time was the head coach at St. Francis. He was just smiling because he always wanted a a coach in the snow, he said. (laughs)
1: Good attitude, Burnsy. Do you remember him? I don't, but I've heard some stories, Yeah.
2: That was before they made all the good Under Armour clothing that you could stay warm in, Uh, you know, stuff like that. And then first state tournament game I did was a baseball up in St. Cloud. Laufenberger is the site. Bob Laufenberger, rest his soul, is the site chair. And it's pouring rain. Um, and uh, Lothie's looking at us in between innings and with his hand spinning and let's get this thing going because he got to stay on schedule <laughs> sure that's right <laughs> so just stuff like that is just stands out as as good memories I got crazy stories too that's so much fun and, you know and
1: I have tons of great memories from from what I do and one of my favorites was the night. I uh, wore a headset and listened to you and your crew during a football game. This was Edina at St. Michael Albertville. I think it was homecoming at St. Michael. I think it was the first year. There are new facilities up there, and your crew wears basically walkie-talkies. Everybody's got an earphone and a microphone, and so you can communicate with each other. And then this this thing, this is – I go to a lot of football games in some of the smaller communities outstate. You maybe don't see that, but I think in the Metro, it's pretty common. So the crew can communicate. And I I got a hold of you and I wondered if you had an extra, extra earpiece that would extend up to the press box so I could listen. So it was one of the neatest experiences of my life. I'm in the football, up in the press box, a big football game, Edina, St. Michael, Albertville, and I'm watching five guys wearing stripes and I'm listening as they're communicating. And it was really cool. And you're the white cap. So, you know, you're the captain of the ship. And and I just went back and found the story I did on that. That was in uh, early 2018, that football season. And you, you gave everybody reminders on mechanics. You were encouraging, you know, what to watch for on this play, things to focus on. It was really, really enlightening for me. And I, I, and as I think back to that, it was amazing. I, I Normally when I'm watching football, covering a football game, I'm doing what everybody else other than the officials are doing. I'm watching the play, watching the defense, and I'm watching you five guys on every play. And I've never had that experience before. And it was really something. And and uh, I did that years earlier in my Star Tribune days. I did that with a coach I sat up in the press box at YZ for a home football game and Brad Anderson was the YZ coach then and I had gotten to know Brad really well and and he let me put on a headset and sit up there next to his offensive uh, coordinator and just listened to what went on between a coach and, and you know as the two of them are discussing plays and, and I can hear a little bit of the discussion on the sideline between Brad and other people and officials and, and this was really similar. I mean it, it wasn't that different. When I'm hearing you communicate with your crew, Tim, and they're talking to you, um, it wasn't that different from a couple of coaches on headsets. And and I I don't know how many high school football fans are aware when a crew is wearing headsets. But uh, now, did you this this was 2018? I think you'd only been doing that for maybe a year or two at that at that point. Am I right on that?
2: Yeah. Well, John, thanks for that uh, honor here a couple of years ago. to that When you asked us to do that, we felt privileged. And it was as much fun for us to know you were there as uh, now it sounds like it was for you. And we certainly appreciated that. Yeah, I think these headsets for high school officials really came in around 16, 17. Uh, and then still today, there are several choosing not to do it. Uh, it makes us better officials. It makes us... Um, I think, more in the game and allows us to be more authentic with everybody on the field where we're not focusing on what someone might have said to me as an official from 30 or 50 yards away where I got to run down to him and get a report he can just simply tell me and it just it makes the game look cleaner and I th- I think it's a better game for everybody and nobody like you said nobody really knows what we're doing out there uh, thankfully um, but, uh, it, <laughs> but right. it works you know uh, and uh, it was cool and I, I, that that night was a lot of fun I Remember that as one of my highlights uh, in officiating, John, just thinking that this is different. And it allows John to tell a story, which you're so good at, to others who may not know. Um, makes, makes it better. And football is so fun as an official anyway. Oh, um, it is truly the best sport to officiate. Um, camaraderie, your five guys always together. Uh, it doesn't get any better than that. And and big games like that one you had, they, they couldn't have put another, you know, folding chair in the, anywhere that <laughs> night to fill it because there was no room in the house. Right. And then you fact. talk about great ADs and of course they got one of the best up there uh, with Keith. and oh, uh, Keith Cornell in St.
1: Michael. He's the best, yeah.
2: Yep, it's fantastic. So just all those kind of guys make your night, you know, they meet and greet. Again, it's just about being a good person and meeting and greeting and and selling your story. And they're so proud, as they should be, of their facilities. This year, we open up at uh, Elk River. So Mike Cunningham, AD up there, he asked me last year in a basketball game, he says, Tim, how come I don't get you up at Elk River? Well, you know, they kind of do geographic sometimes or whatever. And I said, well, Mike, just ask me. And, yeah. uh, and uh, he said, you got to see our stadium. We've got the best ever. And he says, don't tell Revening that down in Monticello <laughs> or or Gaida in Buffalo. We've yes. got the best stadium. And I said, I want to see it. So hey, well, that's where we get to open up this year is up at. Oh, you're going to enjoy River.
1: it. I saw it this spring at a lacrosse game. Mike gave me the Insiders tour and nothing against Buffalo and and uh, <laughs> and uh, other places. Those are fantastic. And so this one as Mike is walking me around and I've seen enough of these new facilities. I know I know when I see little touches that I don't see elsewhere. And all three of those places have special touches. But yeah, the Elk River the Elk River See, so you're going to love it. I hope it's a great night. It's uh, it, They really did a good job with that. So uh, let me take a little break here, talk about our sponsors. Uh, Preps today with John Millay, we're part of the Talk North Network, which has great shows focusing on all manner of sports in Minnesota and beyond. Find all the shows wherever you get your podcasts. The best way to stay up to date is to subscribe. And our show is brought to you by the Pizza Barn in downtown Princeton which has a great big menu with everything you'd want for lunch, for dinner, in-person dining, take-and-bake, delivery. They cater. And as we talk about every week, this time of the year, business is booming for the Pizza Barn food trucks. It's a great time to book one of those food trucks for your event, whether it's a reunion, a community event, a business gathering, a private event. Go to pizzabarnprinceton.com, click on food truck. Click on booking and drop them, drop a note. Jody Stay runs the show there. So our great thanks to Jody and her crew at the Pizza Barn. And we are also brought to you by Propane, which is the primetime method for summer grilling. Uh, Tim, officiating, like many professions, can be a family affair. And I know your son Nick was part of that crew for that game that I Eve dropped on. How is Nick doing?
2: Uh, Nick is doing wonderful, and you talk about the benefits that come along uh, that you never expect. I First of all, I got the referee on my, my football crew with my brother Jerry for 25 years, and you know Jerry as well, John, and, and that was just a treat to be with him every Friday night, Saturday, whatever it might be, and such a good memory. Then Nicholas, when he came out of uh, college, it was like, uh, and he had done all kinds of stuff at the youth level, and he wanted to get going too, and, and so thankfully he's uh, working three sports now for in high school for Minnesota, he's also doing some college basketball, some college baseball, and he's on my football crew, which is excellent, fantastic. Excellent. Yep. Um, it, it prolongs the career of an official to have uh, you know your own blood in there a little bit because it just. OK, I'm coming for more reasons now, you know, and it just is so much fun. And to see them exceed and and go at it uh, and they really enjoy it. And we need so many more young people like him to uh, say, I can do that. And anybody can do that. We, we need so many women and men officiating. Um, and it keeps you in the game and no better place to be. There is no better place to be.
1: Yeah, let's let's talk about that That was, in fact, my next question about the shortage of officials. I'm already seeing tweets and notes about, you know, hey, our homecoming football game. It's going to be on Saturday afternoon because we can't get officials for Friday night. A lot of schools are playing Thursday night, Saturday. It's not all Friday. You know, there are some schools I talked to a, a small town football coach. I think this might have even been two two seasons ago. They had one Friday night home game. Out of their four home games, they can only play one on Friday night, and and it's not getting better. And it's it's not just a Minnesota problem, Tim. As you know, this is a national thing with high school sports and youth sports. It's uh, and and of course the main. I think the main driver, from what I see, is the abuse officials get. And we need to remedy that. I don't know what the magic bullet there is, but what, what, are, you, what are your ideas? I, I know you've, you've thought about this a lot. You're right there in the middle of it as a, as a year-round official. What, what do we need to do?
2: Well, I've had the benefit of being able to uh, teach a lot of officiating clinics uh, in baseball and basketball and softball to youth. And so I've recruited lots of officials uh, into all kinds of levels. And They've stayed with it for the most part that I know of a lot of them have and they like it, but you have to be able to be upfront with them and tell them it's not going to be all the glory of the big game and you're going to have someone perhaps chewing you out here and there. So how do you get past that, you know? Right away, how do you answer that question? Because don't think it's going to be uh, the wonders of just being on the court and being left alone. That doesn't happen. So we can't control some of these crazy behaviors, but thank goodness we have great partners in the uh, high school ranks of the school administrators that will take care of bad behaviors when they do happen if we have to do something with that individual. Um, They're getting fewer and fewer out there, and thankfully the coaches are – such good role models today. You don't see them standing up and hollering at an official anymore. That's the way it was in the uh, 80s and 90s. That's for not all, but for some. Um, You you just rarely encounter that today, thankfully. So that does allow then a younger kid that's sitting on a high school bench of whatever team and thinking, do I want to go out there and officiate someday if my coach is yelling at those referees? But now they don't have to answer that question because they don't see that. Um, so that allows them to, you know, ponder that. And of course, I'm recruiting all the time. Anytime I see a kid on a field, I get a chance. He'd be a good official. Uh, an offensive lineman just uh, two years ago, that was uh, Monticello, I think it was. Um, I was talking to him all game long. Uh, get your hands off. Get your hands off. Don't do that. Don't do-. And then he says, how am I doing? I said, you're doing great. And you know what? You're going to be a referee someday. He says, do you think? And I said, you will. He goes. Hmm. And those offensive linemen are so fun to talk to. They just are. They're the, you know, some of the smartest kids on that field. And uh, but anyway, I think the more chances we have as officials to talk to kids when we're officiating, will create officials. And that's an opportunity many of us are missing. It's right there in front of you. You've got a game. How can you help these kids beyond today? And so I try to talk to kids all the time. Uh, Catchers in baseball, great example. Always talking to kids. You can catch, you can umpire, man, and we need you. And so they they take to that. They want the conversation. So let's try to, uh, you know, again, positivity, positivity. That's what we want to push.
1: Well, your theory of offensive linemen as smart kids—I I destroy that theory because I'm an old <laughs> offensive lineman. So that's there's a glitch in your system, there, Mister yes. Mister Whitecap. Sorry to ruin everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet your coach would disagree with you on that.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I did graduate from high school, so I did. I didn't. I was always eligible. My grades were good enough. So, um, yeah, you do a great job, and you talk about talking to kids and. I, I've seen this multiple times. I, I like to be out for the coin flip, get some pictures, maybe video. And and I've pro- I i do not know if I I've probably heard you do this, but but I've seen so many Whitecaps as they're talking to the kids to just send that brief message. You know, hey, you guys, when you're out of school, when you're done playing, y- you should consider becoming an official. And that to me, that is one-on-one. That's direct. Get that. Idea. They're not thinking that right then, but you know, they're going to remember that. And I think you're right. It's those it's those high school kids especially that if we can plant that seed and I know more and more high schools in Minnesota have officiating classes which I think is an incredible idea just to let them blow a whistle and, and, and learn some rules. And, and I'm optimistic. It's hard to get me to be pessimistic about much, but I'm op- optimistic. I think we're going to get through this shortage, largely because of people like you who work so hard at this. And, uh, and uh, does this go back a ways, Tim? How far back does this go when we started realizing we were running short of officials?
2: Well, it's a great question, John, but I think it goes back longer in some sports than others, but for sure the last handful of years where it's become more so, and and COVID didn't help us in anything in our lives, uh, but that caused a lot of people to say, you know what, they were fearful for whatever reason, and it gave them a reason to step away. Uh, And then like any sport, I've seen a lot of officials through the years, if you step away for a season or a year, okay, I've got a a son or a daughter that's going to be a senior this year. I'm not going to officiate whatever sport. Well, guess what? They, most likely they never come back. And so that's the hard thing because we don't want them stepping away. And uh, there's a lot of folks that are in their older years still doing it, you know, bless them. We need them too. Uh, But I so it's a tough one, but it's been going on a few years. I think just that contact, we just got to keep talking to kids. Uh, here's a quick example. Last year in the state semifinal uh, basketball game, I had Roseville and St. Michael uh, girls semifinal. And a uh, young girl uh, was taking the ball out of bounds. I had the ball and, you know, it was middle of the second half and they were behind. And I said, um, congrats on the state tournament. And she looks at me and she says, well, we're behind. A- and I said, no, no. I said, look around you. I said, look around at this setting. I said, all these people are here. You're here. You're gonna remember this the rest of your life, whether you're a player. I said, or me as a referee. So she looked at me like, oh, you know, that's the connection we've we're, we've just got to make more of. <laughs> well,
1: Tim, uh, it's been great having you on our podcast here. We're gonna let you go here. I look forward to seeing you on a, on a football field this fall, maybe up in Elk River. You never know. I'm uh, I'm starting to look at schedules and decide where I'm gonna be and. uh can't wait to see you again, see your crew out there, whether it's football or basketball or baseball. And uh, thanks for everything
2: you do. John, thank you. And, you know, I don't know if the coaches and the players and the parents know how fortunate they are to have one John Malay doing what he <laughs> does to spread this word of officiating, of playing. You're a top-notch individual, and we're fortunate in Minnesota. So congratulations, John.
1: Thanks, Tim. You're, you're very kind. I love what I do. There's no doubt about that. So thanks to Tim. Thanks for listening to Preps Today with John Millay. We'll talk to you all again soon.